Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. And a good New Year's morning, Eagles fans. I'm not sure I should use the word good. Hopefully New Year means something other than just turning the page on a calendar because everybody wants to turn the page after yesterday's debacle down at Lincoln Financial Field. You got Magamac, John McMullen and Jordan McDonald here to start a new year for you. Unfortunately, it's going to be the same Eagles roster that's going to take the field on Sunday against the Giants and into the playoffs. And right now, Johnny Mack, they're just not good enough, plain and simple. We're going to break it down. We're going to analyze some stuff. We're going to try and answer some questions. But I just don't have any answers. You got any answers, Johnny Mack, as to what happened to this Eagle team over the last six weeks? <clears throat> um, no. Certainly not after yesterday. Certainly not after the second half. I mean, look, they didn't play well in the first half. I think it was uh, I, I mentioned it on a halftime show. It, yeah, the pick six, which was a, a miscommunication between uh, Kyler Murray and, and Higgins, one of his receivers. Kyler was trying to get him to run a corner route. He he stuck with the inside route. Kyler threw the pass. It's a timing route, and it's basically a punt. They pick it off. So that's. Seven points right there. Great athleticism from Cindy Brown. I'm not taking that away. That was a mm-hmm. phenomenal, nice run. phenomenal run back. Um, and then, you know, the Eagles offense was moving pretty well, and they took advantage of their red zone opportunities. But the Cardinals offense was moving very well, and that was the disturbing point. And they didn't take advantage of their opportunities and settled for field goals. So, 
It was 21 to 6, but it didn't feel like 21 to 6. Now, I'm not going to say here and said I, I thought they were going to lose the game because it's the Cardinals, and I expect them to roll over, and they don't have a ton of talent, and I expected them to lose the game. Oh, no, no. Whether it was Jonathan Gannon's Super Bowl or however people want to describe it, they never stopped. They didn't punt, Jody. Mm-hmm. The entire game, they didn't punt. We didn't get to see should be Pro Bowl punt returner Britain Covey all day because they didn't punt. So, boy, I mean, there's a lot of things to pick apart, and you can pick apart plenty on the offense as well. The defense, that was it. That was rock bottom. That's the worst they performed all year, and they had some pretty poor performances as evidenced by the fact that they demoted their defensive coordinator. Um twice now as it turns out first they took away third down autonomy then they took away all autonomy um and they're even worse can i stop you right there we got two hours here so we got plenty of time to cover everything what does taking away third down autonomy do what what does that mean what does that signify what is the line of thinking behind it this is a story that broke end of the week, whatever. No one knew about it. The Eagles did a nice job of keeping things under wraps. I give them credit for that, uh, that no one knew that that was the case. But what does that actually mean? What what were they attempting to do when they did that? And apparently whatever it was didn't work because uh, you were hoping that it was uh, better results than they got because then they felt the need to go even further and completely strip uh, the, the defense coordinator of all his responsibilities. What what does that mean you don't call the plays on third down defensively? It means the same thing. You know, I've mentioned a couple times that uh, at the end of the Doug Peterson regime, he he allowed uh, Rich Gangarella to call part of the game, uh, um, red zone stuff. He allowed Press Taylor to hurry up or vice versa. I always get it mixed up. So if people want to, but anyway, it was red zone and he gave him any piecemealed it and he said, we need a spark and let's try something different. Very similar. Um, we need a spark. Let's try something different. Um, and, you know, it's not working. Um, it's got- Again, I apologize for interrupting. I'm assuming that Patricia was making the calls on third down when the the relieved. I, I, I believe that's the case. I'm not 100%. Jeff McLean's the one who, who broke that story. It's interesting because the 8-1 the start, I knew that the Eagles started thinking about changes on the defensive side of the football. Um, Didn't know what they were thinking about, but I knew they were mulling some changes with Sean Desai. Um, And I was flabbergasted. Not that the defense was good, but that's just something you don't do when you're eating one. Um, You know, it's just, it smacks of desperation. Um, and I think in hindsight, it was desperation and it is desperation. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a little, because, you know, I get through all my mentions and you know, this Jody from taking calls on WIP, it's always the coach's fault. It, 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 in other words, oh, the players are great. You know, they have so much talent. How could they play like this? How could they play like this? How could they play like this? The, 
the coaches are screwing everything up. To a certain degree, that can be true. You saw it on Sunday night. A coach really screwed something up on Sunday night. Um, you, you Coaches can certainly screw things up, um, but they just don't have the talent on the defensive side of the football, um, especially in the back seven, especially with the injuries. And you can run through 157 names, and you're going to get the same result. And because it's been, uh, uh, Gannon week, all the Pangeo stuff cropped up again. He gave up 56 points. That's the second part of it. The league, his defense gave up 56 points, granted to a very good team. But he's no magic elixir either. Right. Here is all I'm trying to point out. The league has caught up to this defensive scheme. I've been talking about it for a long time. You're probably sick of me talking about it, Jody. I've been talking about it. For, it happens with every scheme. It happened with Tony Dungy's scheme. It happened with Pete Carroll's scheme. It happened with Mike Zimmer's scheme. It happens to every single one. And then you have to start coming off it and adjusting and go to the next thing. Sometimes it's just going back to one of the other ones. Might be the Dungy scheme. Might be the Carol. This ain't it. Everybody's getting gassed with this stupid, stinking defense. Everybody. And it's it it it's part scheme. And then when you couple it with losing those five starters, five impactful players. You know, we can argue how impactful. Obviously, I think C.J. Gardner-Johnson's at the top, followed by Javon Hargrave, and then on and on, T.J. Edwards. You can I was going to say, I, I, I'd have Edwards uh, higher than third on that list. And we're going to... The only reason I put is because of plays, playmaking. You know, off-ball linebackers are more... Um, He's very good. I've talked about it all the time. But they're they're especially in this scheme, they're not designed to make splash plays. They don't make splash plays. CJ made splash plays. Javon made splash plays. Um, and to a certain degree, Jalen Carter certainly did that in the first half. That's lessened in the second half. However, um, all of them, go down to Marcus Epps as well and Kaiser White, all of them um, um, were good players at least. And they lost a significant group and I think people just said, eh, Howie will replace him. Well, guess what? <laughs> Howie hasn't replaced him. No, he has not. And, uh, again, we're, we've got today's show all week leading up to the final against the Giants and then the Eagles in the playoffs, and who knows, maybe they get this thing turned around. Sure as hell doesn't look like it, and then we'll be talking about it all off season. Uh, just a quick aside to try and hammer home a point. Who's the best team in the National Football League right now? Baltimore Ravens, probably. Who's the best team in the NFC right now? San Francisco 49ers. What do those two teams, other than they're the two best teams in their conferences, and yes, Baltimore is better because they just beat the snot at them. What are two major factors that those two teams have right now in common on the defensive side of the ball? Linebackers? Yes, sir. They've got the best pairs of linebackers in the National Football League. And the Philadelphia Eagles turn their nose up, if not laugh, at the linebacker position. <clears throat> that in the Fangio system or the Eagle way of doing things, broach it, couch it, however you want, 
they think that they can just plug in anyone from anywhere into the linebacker position. It's not all that important. Like John McMullen just said, it's not a playmaking position. We can just get somebody to go out there. You're seeing it, and there was ever evidenced yesterday with the Arizona Cardinals and James Conner looking like O.J. Simpson running it down their throats. The linebacker position, if you've got a scheme that is in need of and or emphasizes the linebacker position, can still be huge in the National Football League. The Eagles have chosen to go in a different direction, and they're paying the price for it right now because – they don't have – you can say, oh, T.J. Edwards doesn't come up with uh, fumbles. He doesn't come up with interceptions. T.J. Edwards stops guys on the run. T.J. Edwards makes tackles. The Philadelphia Eagle linebacking core is a bunch of guys that they've gotten off the street, found that nobody else wanted, last-chance type guys, and they just aren't good enough, John, period, to play linebacker in the National Football League. Yeah, I I can't argue that. I mean, I agree with the organizational philosophy, but I think there's room um, to. Uh, I think they've, I, and I've said it pretty consistently. I, the organizational I think philosophy is the Fangio philosophy. You, you got to no, agree no, with I'm, it. I'm, agree with it. No, I'm talking about their organizational philosophy of building rosters and uh, uh, valuing certain positions and devaluing others. That's what I was talking about there. Um, I agree with that philosophy in general, but I've said pretty consistently they've taken it too far at linebacker. uh, Certainly you could, I I don't think as much at running back because, you know, they went out and got Swift and Swift's over a thousand yards and he's fine. There's no, I'm not Jeff Kerr. Jeff Kerr's going to be on at 820. He's, he's the DeAndre Swift. I think he's an above average player. I think people overrate him, but I think, <clears throat> they're fine at running back. It's they haven't gone too far. Um, they've gone too far at linebacker. And as as you meant, I mean, part of it is just injury, and part of it is misevaluating Nicobe Dean. If Nicobe Dean turned into what a lot of people thought, and you thought he was going to be a great player, I yep. thought he was going to be a good player. If he turned into what everybody thought, we're probably not having this discussion. So some of it's just misevaluation of, of that particular player. Um, but, I mean, that's what you get graded on in this business is results, and everybody knows it, and they are get graded on the results of what they've done at linebacker. The it, I, People are probably sick of me talking about TJ as well because TJ's turned into such a good player and he's having a great season with Chicago as well. Um, They had him. They had him. Now, a lot of people have said, well, he wanted to go home. I'm one of them. And I think, you know, reporters like me say that and people take it as gospel. I don't know that. I don't know. I, I, I knew TJ was... From the Chicago area, I knew he grew up as a Bears fan. I talked to him a lot over the years. I said maybe he just wanted to go home, and the Eagles offered him money. I've never gotten any confirmation that they offered him a good deal, and by this point, I think I would have. So I tend to lean towards the other way. They just let him go. Um, And again, I'm not 100% on that. But either way. They had him. I think they would have taken a little bit more pride in in the fact that they developed him and they turned him into a good player, and they didn't. And and the point 
that you've made, Jody, they've been through this before. They they swung and missed numerous times with the LJ Forts of the world and the Eric Wilsons of the world and the Paul Warlows of the world uh, and the Corey Nelsons of the world, on and on and on. It's not like this is the first time that they said, oh, we can throw anybody in there. Um, and it'll work because it hasn't worked. Nope. Even Alex Singleton, who's kind of average to slightly above average, uh, he's sort of one of their hits, and they let right. him walk. That's a win. Yeah. They let him walk. Um, yeah, it's 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 and it'll they, be very interesting to see if they at least internally they won't come on Birds 365 or WIP or with Marcus Hayes or Ruben Frank and go on a camera and or uh, the mic and go, yeah, we've screwed up. We're going to change. They're not going to do that. They're not going to admit to it. Uh, I can decry it all I want here on the show, but you're never going to get Harry Roseman or any of the coaches to admit to that. Actions speak louder than words. We'll see if they put more emphasis on the linebacker position during the offseason. If they don't, that's just malfeasance as far as I'm concerned because you paid a massive price for lack of linebacker talent this year. And, yeah, your point about uh, N'Kobe Dean is dead on. I have no idea. I talked up N'Kobe Dean a blue streak from draft day uh, straight through to when he got hurt and the season was over and done with. I believed it was just a matter of time. At some point, it's going to kick in. This kid's going to become a well above average uh, defensive linebacker in the NFL. I have no faith that that's going to be the case now. He's just going to have to go out and do it. You can't pencil it. I think they. I think part of the problem was they penciled him in as what I thought he was going to be, an above average linebacker, a playmaking linebacker. And they got none of that from him. From him. Either he was hurt or either he wasn't what he was supposed to be. Yeah, that's the more when he was on the field, which wasn't a lot. He wasn't, you know, he was okay, but it was just not know, a difference maker. No. Um, yeah, so I agree with you. You can't just now it's not over for him either. I mean, he could certainly, you know, get healthy. We saw it with Jordan Hicks early in his career. Jordan Hicks was had a ton of injury concerns. Uh uh, getting hurt early in his career. All of a sudden, he got healthy. He went on a streak where he was um, went four or five consecutive years not missing a game, and he turned into a very good player. He was a very good player here when he was on the field. Um, so it's not over for N'Kobe Dean, but, yeah, I, I would find hard to go into next season and say, oh, I'm going to pencil him in, as you rightly pointed out, as they penciled him in this year. With no evidence, no evidence other than, well, I shouldn't say no evidence. I mean, he was a great player in college, but right. um, no evidence level. at this level. And I will once again, as a Jonathan Gannon basks in the glow of yesterday's win and more power to him, I still think he had, was guilty of malfeasance last year, never getting him on the field. Uh, you needed a better look at N'Kobe Dean than you got his rookie season so you could have more information to base your linebacker decisions going into the future on, and the Eagles just didn't do that. Uh, but we'll we'll jump back into the moment. It's kind of scary today, Eagles fans, because of what happened yesterday, what is yet to come, one more regular season game, and then the playoffs. But the future is also scary, too. So we'll try and balance it as best we can. Johnny Mack was down there yesterday, as was Jeff Kerr from CBSSports.com. 
it's a bit of an autopsy today here on Birds 365. Can we resuscitate the patient that is the Philadelphia Eagles? We'll see if Dr. Jeff Kirk can help us next. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mac and Mac, John McMullen and Jody McDonald on a... Tough morning here on Birds 365 after the Eagles choke one up against the Arizona Cardinals. Jeff Kerr, good enough to get up early. Good thing that he didn't have uh, 22 drinks last night. If he did, I wouldn't blame him after that Eagle effort yesterday. (laughs) Mr. Kerr, thank you very much for getting up. Happy New Year. How unhappy is it from a Philadelphia Eagle perspective? Well, just walking in that locker room, uh, John and I went to go see Jonathan Gannon yesterday, and 
after he talked. We go in that locker room. It's I didn't even know anybody was in there. It was dead. It you know the players that did talk didn't say much, and the ones that did probably said stuff that shouldn't have been said. But I still say the most telling thing out of all of this, and I've been downplaying it because <laughs> of what he said to us. What was it, John? Now about I guess eleven days ago, the last time AJ Brown talked, but. Him being silent right now as a team captain is a really big deal. Yeah, I, I well, I, you know, Mike Sielski did a, our buddy did a good column on AJ's, had some previous um, issues when he was in Tennessee, uh, dealing with social media, some mental health issues, which we've seen with Lane Johnson and, 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 locally and and brandon brooks and he did mention yesterday it has nothing to do with you guys meaning the reporters so i i'm 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 willing to give him a little bit of the benefit of the doubt because i've talked to him so much over the past uh two years and he's very typically very open i think he's some struggling with some things you were there when i asked him about that dust up he had on social media in fact you got the video of it thank you hat tip to jeff Carr. And, um, you know, he apologized for it, but you could see it was weighing on his mind because he was ready and it was a very involved and very uh, long answer. I think he's struggling with some things. And I've always said, you know, I had a bad week on social media last week with people attacking me. I get it from a player's perspective. They get it a million times worth, worse, a million times worse. Um, and sometimes it wears on them. I think that's what's going on with AJ. Um, I'm not a hundred percent, obviously, but he did say, I, I talked to guys who were there. Um, Cause we, as you mentioned, I was talking to Gannon, you were there with Gannon. Then I was talking with Sirianni. So I did, I missed AJ, but he did say at the end, it's not about you guys. Um, meaning the reporters. Um, so, you know, I think he's going through some things and, you know, I'll give him a wide berth at that stage. I, but, and we'll see how it develops. I, I don't think it's as big as a deal as some are, are making it out to be, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I, I just think it's a bigger deal because of his status on the team. He's a mentor to Devonta Smith. He's a team captain. And look, I, I'm, look, I, I could care less if the guy talks or not, but I feel like the guy, and it, look, this isn't just A.J. Brown. This is all the leaders. I, I think they need to kind of step to the plate. I, I'm not questioning any of Jalen's leadership, Brandon Graham, Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox. They've talked. We've heard them talk. But something's going on. And you're hearing it from other guys in that locker room that it, it, bits and pieces are coming together. And, I mean, it, on the field stuff, I do think A.J. Brown's frustrated with how the offense is going. But – you're right. Yeah, You're right, John. Yeah. Off the field, yeah, that that's completely different. I think everybody's frustrated with the way the offense is going. You know, to me, it it comes down to, and you know, the onside kick, which Jonathan Gannon deemed a success, even though it wasn't a success, but it was really a success. Yeah. He didn't want the Eagles to bleed out the game. Um, he had mentioned, you know, I trust my guys on defense. No, he doesn't. He knows they weren't going to be able to get off the field. So he put them in a position where if the Eagles scored, maybe you can come down, score a touchdown, try to steal the game with a two-point conversion. 
Turns out they did better. They held him to a field goal. They held him to a field goal because Jordan Mailata got a holding penalty. Okay, it happens. And then they just went ultra conservative, ultra conservative. Two quarterback sweeps in a row and then a bubble screen to Kenny Gainwell where Devontae Smith gets hurt. And we saw him on crutches uh, in a walking boot because he was blocking. The playmaker was blocking for the role player with that damn bubble screen. And boy, if that costs you DeMonte Smith for the playoffs, ugh, there's not a worse sequence of the Philadelphia Eagles season than that sequence, Jeff. I, I agree. So I even did during that third. I'm like, I guess that's a bubble screen to Kenny Gainwell. I don't know anymore. And <laughs> it's hard to defend any of these guys, any of these coaches right now. Uh, just by player reaction, by what they're doing. Like you said, John, third and 20. I, I, I just don't know anymore. Like, I, I am really getting to the point where it's, can you bring any of these coaches back? Ooh, are we going that far? Wow. I don't want to go that far, but it's starting to, how do you get to the, I think you're getting to the point of no return. And you're not getting your return of investment for what I feel top end wise, this is a talented team. But the death certainly isn't there. And, yeah, you can reset. But if you're already tired of the message Nick is sending to get her, are you kidding me? That's what you're giving me right now? We got to stick together? I'm sorry. as I wouldn't be buying that. Mm, here's where I'll go, how far I'll go with you, Jeff Kerr. The chance that Nick Sirianni gets fired at the end of this year is not zero. At the beginning of this season, if you said, could Sirianni be fired at the end of this year? I would have given you a zero. There's no chance. He just took the team to the Super Bowl. What are you talking about? No chance. As we sit here today, it's not a zero. I still think it's a small percentage. That's how I am. Less than 10, but it's not zero. And that says something. And I think that kind of puts him on a bit of a clock this week. That part, big part of this eagle underachieving is that they don't look like they're playing motivated. They don't look like they're playing that it hurts when they lose, that they're 100% focused. Now I'm going to put some of it on the quarterback and Kelsey and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and the veteran leaders, uh, Lane Johnson, of this team. But more than anybody else, this, this falls on Sirianni. He's the coach. He's the one who continues to say, good old Brian Johnson's back. It's my offense. Oh, okay, your offense called those three horrific plays that John just laid out there for you when you're trying to put the game away. Um, he needs to show that this is his team. If he truly wants to take uh, command of it, he's got to do it this week into the playoff game. What's your confidence level that Sirianni can make this team look like the Philadelphia Eagles and the talent level they had uh, more to that level? I would probably go a five right now. Um, Yeesh, Jesus. Yeah, it, yeah, that ain't good. And, you know, a month ago, I was oh, yeah, he'll get him back. No, no worries. Eight or nine. They have Jalen Hurts. They have A.J. Brown. They got the leaders on this team. But it's clear. You can't beat the Seattle Seahawks. And, again, you know, the Seattle Seahawks are eight and eight. But you can't beat them. You can't beat the stinking Arizona Cardinals. They're three and 13. This is the 26th ranked offense. And you let them – Gash you for 31 first downs. They couldn't score 29 points in the whole game this year. And they scored 29 in the second half. Six and seven possessions, not counting the half. 
they scored. <laughs> I don't I don't have any confidence in this football team right now. It's 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 honestly incredible. And the, the only reason I think they're gonna win next week is because I think the Giants are god awful. And look, the Cardinals are god, but the Eagles seem that the yeah, Giants. The number. Cardinals are god awful too coming yeah. into the game. Yeah. I, I, just, I, I said that as well, but now I can't say anybody. I mean the Cardinals. Man. Yeah. Yeah, the Eagles are god awful. It's you know, uh, our buddy Andrew DeCheco and I were talking about this yesterday. John, like, who has the worst? Not who's the worst team. Who has the worst roster in the NFL? And him and I pondered for like maybe a minute or two, and we're like, it's got to be the Cardinals, Cardinals. right? Yeah, I and, think Cardinals with the injuries, maybe Carolina, but they're right there. They're yeah. right there. Uh, yeah, it was embarrassing. And you talk about the defense. I mean. Yeah, you mentioned something. I hear it from a lot of people. There's so much talent on this team. I'm not going to argue offensively. Defensively, I'm going to start arguing. Oh, I um, agree. As with you, you mentioned, 100%. <laughs> yeah, as you mentioned, it was actually 32 first down. All right, well, all right. I'm going to jump in and argue right here, right now. The vaunted defensive line, which we were led to believe was not only good starting for, but with Brandon Graham as five deep, Slay and Bradbury. That's when he, the way the Eagles line most of the time, that's basically seven guys out of 11 because they're usually in a five-man defensive front and two quarterbacks. That's seven of 11. It is supposed to be well above average, John. This was the unit, the Eagles defensive line, the best unit in all of football. So if you're going to say, well, they don't have that much talent. No, they, they, they passed on improving linebacker and they took a shot at safety. Yeah, they paid a price for both of those. But I, I can't go there not that talented in defense. They're supposed to be a tremendously talented defense. But do they have the depth? their starters. But yeah, well, the, the, yeah, the team they're rolling out now is Jeff. Go ahead, Jeff. I mean, they're not playing with Slay right now. They got Avante Maddox back. But, you know, by the way, he's hurt again. Where I saw him walking to <laughs> uh, the x-ray room. No, no. Yeah. Avante got hurt we'll again. See. Yeah, 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 yeah. He we was saw... walking to the x-ray room, and he was yeah, holding well, his we, well, we got out of JG's uh, thing he was holding it. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was I, I'm trying to think of this for a second. So the Eagles kept Bradley Roby inactive yesterday. Yeah, it was a healthy scratch. Did it ever occur to this team that Avante Maddox, who perpetually gets hurt, may get hurt again? It should have, in hindsight, you know. But one of the issues I'll say with the defense, I am sick and tired of all these looks. I, I want to go the exact opposite way. Look, you're struggling. Like, I don't want to see every – Matt Patricia's throwing the kitchen sink with these looks. We got we got dime looks with Nolan Smith at Mike Linebacker. We got we got big nickel with three safeties. Yeah, we but got, isn't that anti-Fangio? Should, shouldn't you be excited by that? They're trying to get away from Fangio by giving these different looks? Well, it's a little bit different than Fangio, yes. What about but, the personnel? The the that's, personnel. That's, that's my 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 point is, you know, they're they're swapping out Ringo and Ricks. Look, your 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 Slay is um not playing. Everybody's got to deal with injuries. My point is, just play who your best player is. Who is your best player right now at that particular position? Play that guy. At this stage, what you're doing. I said it with Desai. I liked it a little bit. I liked it with Patricia a little bit. It ain't working. Whomever your best player is, put him there, play him there, and get some damn continuity 
And I'm not saying it's going to be great because they don't have great talent on the mm-hmm. back end, especially. And hopefully Slay will get back, but it ain't going to be at MetLife Stadium, not on that turf. So forget about it this week. Hopefully he'll be back for the playoffs. Ringo should be out there. Bang. If Maddox is healthy, Maddox should be the slot corner. I don't need to see Sidney Brown in the slot corner. Yeah. If, if Blankenship is healthy and Byron, they're the safeties. If Morrow's healthy and Zach Cunningham's back, they're the linebacker. That's it. That's it. But let, then let me ask both of you two guys, your evaluations. Should Kevin Byard be on the field these days? What has he done since he got here? He got the one pick that was basically thrown right to him. Good good catch. I guess you got to give him that much. But he doesn't make any plays. He was part of the missed tackle brigade on a couple of long uh, Connor runs yesterday. I know the Eagles gave up something for him. So they're going to give him so. Have, has he not gotten enough rope to prove that, yeah, he not only is he not what he used to be, he's not even good enough to be starting in this league right now? I have well, a place. I, yeah. uh, go ahead, John. No, go ahead, Jeff. So the way Sidney Brown's been playing, I think you have a legitimate argument to play him over Kevin Byer. The problem is I don't know who should be the two safeties. Like, is it Reed and Sidney? Is it Sydney and Reed? Is it Kevin and Sydney? I don't know. And I that's my issue with the safety position right now. It's they really did have a void when Justin Evans went down for the season. Because he was like that's he, amazing. That's it amazing. is. It is. Who thought that was gonna be the case? That's amazing. It, it's I, I just don't know anymore. And to your point on Kevin Byard. I, yeah, I, I'm with you, Jody. I know they gave up something for him. I know they're paying him some money. He just hasn't done anything. Nope. I, I, I don't know what the so, – and I know he's been frustrated with how things are going. I don't know if it's because of the system or the scheme or it's, it's a confu- – when the side was there, it was confusing. I don't know. But it just seems like this is a player that deteriorates. Yeah, he's not nearly the player he once was. I think that's fair to say. But, you know, I think he's their best option right now. He doesn't make a lot of splash plays. But, you know, for all this, and we saw the biggest splash play of the year from Sidney Brown, right? I mean, and next-gen stats clocked him at 21.52 miles per hour. He went went 123 yards traversing the field for a pick six. Obviously, that's going to stand out to people. How many tackles has Sidney Brown missed over the past few weeks? I mean, At least he eight. makes a lot of mistakes. I think long-term, no question, Sidney is your guy. Um, short-term, I need a guy who's not going to make mistakes, and that's more less mistakes, and that's going to be Bayard. So I'm going to ride it out for the season with Kevin Bayard, disappointed. Um, but, yeah, next year, Sidney. Um, and we'll see how he develops. But right now, he makes too many mistakes, and that's what I'm saying. They've seen plenty of them. You know, with uh, Jody's argument with Kobe Dean, which I think is a valid one, Eagles should have gotten a look at. They've gotten plenty of looks at, at Sidney Brown. That's true. Now but, they can but too back. many of them become at slot, co- uh, slot corner, John. Well, that's they're, true. They're trying to force feed him into a position that, he's not capable that, of playing. That's what I don't like. And Sydney will give you the professional answer on and off the record about playing slot corner. But yeah, in, in my in my personal opinion, he should not be there. No, and he was there yesterday, by the way. Yeah, 
He was only playing safety on the pick six because Reed got banged up for a couple plays and he was in there. And by the way, you want to talk about Byers' interception. Guess what? They, he was playing center field. The, the, the receiver ran the wrong route. Kyler threw it up. He was playing center field. Now, after that, it was phenomenal, the, the return. Yep. But the interception was a Not gift. special, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think you got to be fair from that perspective as well. Um, I got a lot of confidence in Sidney Brown long-term, but he's still learning. And right now they have a guy who's probably going to make less mistakes, not going to be as flashy. Um, but, I, you know. Let me ask both of you guys. Again, uh, Jeff, you first, John, you second. If that's the case, next year, opening week, Philadelphia Eagles, starting safety, Sidney Brown and Reed Blankenship. Ever gonna be, everybody going to be okay with that? No, they won't address it during the offseason. If John's telling me Sidney Brown has shown enough that he's going to be a starting safety, and oh, by the way, last year certainly, and this year, amazingly, when they're all healthy, their safeties play 100% of the plays. That's not a situational substitution position for the Philadelphia Eagles. You're the starter, you stay healthy, you play all 100% of the plays. Are we okay with Sidney Brown and Reed Blankenship as their two starting safeties next year? I, I mean, I'd be okay just based on roster construction, but you got to remember, you're going to have a lot more freed up cap because Kevin Byard, in this scenario, Kevin Byard ain't coming back. That's a big cap hit. Brandon Graham, say Jason Kelsey don't come back because he retires. Um, there's going to be a bunch of other guys in there. So, Maybe you have a, a maybe Darius Slay ain't back, James Bradbury ain't back. Okay, there's some more. So, yeah, there's gonna I, be changeover. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot of change, but you're gonna have to add talent in the back end, and they just don't have it right now. So, I if that's where they go, fine. But I don't know. There, there's gonna be some in, intriguing safeties on the free agent market that I'm at least looking at. Okay, to, to help those two out. By the way, going further down that route, I don't think a, a lot of people, because of the enormity of the loss and the collapse, that might have been the last home game for Jason Kelsey, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham. That might have been their last game at Lincoln Financial Field. Blowing um, a, 12 and a, half, a 12 and a half point favor. A 15 point lead at halftime, John McMullen. The biggest blown halftime lead for this franchise. Since 2011, 49ers. If, if you're a fan of those three guys and you want to see any or all of them back, it might be the best argument to have them come back. Can't get out on that note. Can't leave Philadelphia getting up, up stage by Jonathan Gannon with his lowly Cardinals. That's a good argument to make as to you guys can't walk out the door. Jonathan Gannon has his team playing harder than Nick Sirianni. I think that's true, and it's sad. Um, The defense yesterday, 32 first downs, uh, second most allowed by any team this season against the Arizona Cardinals. Seven possessions, four touchdowns, two field goals, and the Sidney Brown pick six, which would have been probably a field goal if they didn't have the miscommunication, at least. Um. They didn't punt. Don't even know who the Cardinals punter is today. Um, I knew their punt return was. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> I mean, panic. 
is the only way I can describe the move from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia. We're seeing there's no evidence of improvement. Arguably, if it's gotten worse. Um, the coaching versus personnel perspective, because fans tend to always want to protect the players. Um, I want to rip them both, but who am I going to rip more? I give the players more credit when they win. I'm going to give the players more credit when they lose. Um, I think it's per- personnel more than coaching. It you seem to think it's coaching more than personnel because you don't want any coaches back. Uh, so true. I want to talk about coaching. You said 10%, Jody, 10% or less. Yeah, less than 10. Um, I agree with you. I'm not going to put 100%. I want your thoughts on this, Jeff, about Nick Sirianni being back. If they're one and done in the playoffs. Say they're one and done. Oh, by the way, there's a game between the playoffs yes. and today, by the way, which, by, by, which they could lose next week. My, my overreaction piece this week for CBS, and this is doing the whole league. Just look at that. Quick highlights of some of the games, looking at just results. It's a results-based thing. But the game I was at, I put it. Eagles are one and done in the playoffs. Their reaction or reality. And I put reality just based on the locker room, based on what's going on. And, oh, by the way, if it's Tampa, I think they are one and done. I said this. If it's New Orleans, I don't like Dennis Allen. So, but they could yeah. lose to them. Yeah, Dennis <laughs> Allen beat Tampa yesterday. Got to give him yes. credit. I do, but the NFC South stinks. But then again, the Eagles are worse than the NFC South right now. I'm not even sure they can right beat now. Here, here's my problem, and we saw it with Doug Peterson. What's going to happen in that scenario? And that's if you lose and you're one and done which I don't think they will be, by the way. I still think they have enough to beat any of those teams, Tampa, New Orleans. Um, then I think they're in trouble. Uh, and and then it becomes more of a contextual thing. But if they fall apart and they lose, um, doesn't even matter if they lose to the Giants, but if they lose to the Giants, lose to Tampa Bay, lose to New Orleans, whomever is there. Um, what's going to happen is, how he's going to demand, and really not even Howie. I shouldn't blame Howie. Jeffrey's well, yeah, going to Jeffrey. demand. Jeffrey's going to demand they got the defensive coaching staff. Um, and he'll, he'll have every right to. I mean, they already kind of got it. the The problem is, and you saw it with Doug Peterson. You know, Doug got attached to certain guys. Didn't want to scapegoat them was forced to scapegoat them, and that created the schism uh, that eventually led to Doug Peterson's departure. That's the 10% or so Jody's talking about from my perspective. That's why it exists. If Nick says, you know what? I made it to the Super Bowl. I built this staff. Um, I don't want to get rid of all these guys on the defensive side. That could start to create the issues. are we heading down the same route we had down before? All right. So, John, let me put it to you. And, Jeff, please chime in after. Um, I, we weren't doing Birds 365 yet, but uh, I was reading you. You were hearing me on WIP. I was pretty surprised that the dominoes all fell as quickly as they did. I didn't think Peterson was getting fired at that time, mainly for the reason that I didn't think Peterson was going to cause the internal strife. I didn't think he was going to pull the, wait a minute, I won the Super Bowl card. You're not dictating to me terms on my coaching staff. 
it kind of came as a surprise to me that Doug went down that road. After the fact, we got all the details and found everything else. And, oh, okay, I understand where he's coming from. We know Nick Sirianni to a point. He's never been thrown up against this wall before, so we don't know. And we don't even know if it will happen. But if it does happen, does he follow in Peterson's footsteps? And not well, just say, yeah, okay, that's... fine, yeah, I'll change out my whole staff. Or does he take a stand? Off, uh, and he didn't win the Super Bowl. Doug won the Super Bowl. Sirianni lost the Super Bowl. Do you think it co- could come to those loggerheads? I think it, it certainly could, but I think it comes in stages. Remember, the first stage with Doug was Mike Groh. Um, and Jeffrey kind of embarrassed Doug because Doug said, Mike's going to be back. Um, and Jeffrey made him do the 180 and come out. Oh no, I rethought about it. I fired. Well, he didn't want to fire Mike Rowe. That was the first stage. And that created the seed. Um, And then when it came back after the bad season and Jeffrey basically said, all right, what's your plan for the coaching staff? And Doug's plan was press Taylor was going to be the offensive coordinator and either Matt Burke or, or Corey Unlin was going to be the defensive coordinator and Jeffrey said, no, you can't do that. We got to go in a different direction. And Doug said, you know, if not a literal bleep you, a figurative bleep you, no, I'm not doing that. And Jeffrey did what he felt he had to do. So I think it's a stage thing. I think this is the first stage. Did you think the first seed was planted when Nick said about decide? basically sticks up for him. And then the next time he speaks, Matt Patricia is the senior defensive play caller, whatever the heck. It could, it could be, but everything I've gotten is that that was Nick's decision to the point where, you know, Nick's absurd with the competitive advantage stuff. And yeah, he lied to us. I I don't know any other word. I I do think that was Nick's decision. Um, And by the way, I don't think he cares about the defensive staff. So I don't think it's going to be, um, a Peterson situation. If he's, if they say you got to fire DJ Elliott, you got to fire DK McDonald, maybe DK because he's been with them a little bit longer. Um, maybe, but I don't get the feeling like Kevin Petulo's his guy, you know, that's his guy. Yeah, that's um, his offense. Like Brian, yeah. jo- that's why I keep saying they're not going to get rid of Brian Johnson, no matter how much you want to spin it, they're not going to get rid of him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Jason. but hold on, hold on. Time out, Philadelphia. What if Jeffrey Lurie really doesn't like Brian Johnson and thinks that the play calling has been crap this year? And no matter how much Nick says it's his offense, we know that Johnson's calling the plays. And Jeffrey Lurie thinks that that was a major issue and problem with the Philadelphia Eagles. Is Nick that tight with Brian Johnson? that he would go to war over him if he's the guy who Jeff decides has to be the what scapegoat? The, what, what about the guy you're paying $55 million a year to? Oh, hmm. they're, they're kind of married to him. Well, they were married to Carson Wentz. But Carson Wentz blew up that marriage more than the Eagles did. So Yeah, uh, I don't think Jalen's blowing it compare, up. I, I shouldn't <laughs> compare the two. Um, no, I don't think that – you think they're going to put it on Jalen more than the coaching staff? When I say they, I mean – uh, mostly Laurie, but also Howie. If there there needs to be a scapegoat at the end of the season, and it's going to no, come more heavily on defense. 
It's definitely not going to be the quarterback. I mean, Sean yeah, Payton. That's what I'm saying. Is it going to be the play caller? Does it have a chance to be the play caller? I mean, there's a chance, but again, as I've seen with many fran- – and again, I'm just speaking for many franchises here. I'm just going to go right down I-95 in Baltimore. When the quarterback who they're paying a lot of money to says, look, you seriously need to upgrade the wide receiver position – and you add Odell Beckham, you draft Save Lowers, you get I he, he's an upgrade. I don't care what anybody says. Nelson Aguilar, he was an upgrade over what they had last year. Better better than the third wide receiver we got here in Philadelphia. Exactly. And I, hey, Julio was the bright spot, baby. Two uh, targets, two touchdowns. They actually used Julio right yesterday. Yeah. I gotta give him I gotta give Johnson some credit there. But again, like I'm saying in Baltimore. What the quarterback says matters. And if Jalen Hurts says, look, I like Brian Johnson, that's my boy, and they are boys, what do you do? You are you just gonna say you give the you know the fig the figment F you? Yeah, I don't think the offensive staff is in trouble yet. Um the defensive staff, oof, yeah. I fear for them all. Um Every I think we could have yeah, I think we could have a complete turnover. Uh, with, and this could be the second part, with, you know, someone being put in place for Nick. In other words, Howie and Jeffrey deciding who the defensive coordinator is Like the Jim Schwartz thing? Yes, yes. (laughs) And then, um, you know, essentially have autonomy over the defensive side. Um, And Nick might not like that. So, but let me ask you that: Is that outrageous for them to do? Because sometimes, well, not sometimes, most times, when Jeff Flory starts to meddle, I think it's counterproductive. Uh, Jeff's a good owner; he, he, he uh, is willing to do whatever it takes financially to keep the team competitive. But from time to time, he puts a big footprint on uh, football decisions on his team. Would him coming down that harsh and saying, "Listen"? Howie and I are hiring the next defense coordinator. Sorry to tell you, Nick, but that's going to be the case. Would that be outrageous? Because Nick hired Nick hired Desai, and Nick, according to John McMullen and others, decided to replace Desai and put Matt Patricia in. So his two defensive moves, coordinator moves over the past twelve months, have come up loser and loser. And by the way, he didn't even. Not that he he balked, but. The Eagles already had Jonathan Gannon in place. They hate when I say that, but it's true. I'm sorry, Eagles. You had him in place. He was going to be the defensive coordinator, no matter who the head coach was going to be. Um, now, Nick had a relationship with Jonathan. It just happened to work out that way. Um, and they they worked together in Indianapolis, obviously. So everyone assumed that you know he was – First, he was one of the guys. He was one of the Colts guys that Nick was bringing over. He was going to be the defense coordinator if Josh McDaniels was the head coach. The Eagles already had that would have been that would have been the most intriguing dynamic of Josh McDaniels ever. Came wow, here. that would that Josh would have McDaniels. failed because Josh McDaniels is a failure. Suck. As a well, he he, yeah. he sucks. Let's just put it in my. And that's an example of Jeffrey Lurie getting something right because he was recommended, hey, we should go with Josh McDaniels. And he said, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to keep looking. Um, and they found ultimately Nick Sirianni. But 
Yeah, they were going to hire Jonathan Gannon whether Nick Sirianni was here or not. Um, so even he was kind of put in place. Now, he didn't have any issues with, with Gannon. Um, I don't think he had any issues with the Psy right up until he had issues with the Psy, which is, you know, it, it's it's hard not to scapegoat people in the NFL. It's unfair. It's hard. You know, expectations are, you know, Brian Johnson, great quote. It's a, it's a process driven profession, but it's judged by results. Um, The results are what the results are and somebody's got to pay for it. And who you scapegoat can affect the head coach. I I say that my example of that is Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has had a tremendous season with the 49ers, but people like me, Oh, he doesn't actually do well when he's trailing. You look it up. He's like one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL when his team's behind. It's it's a results-given league, even though a guy like that who's had a great year. And then it brings up the other question. Well, is he a product of Kyle Shanahan? Is he a product of the talent around him? And honestly, that's what makes this league fun, to be, to be quite honest. No, we could nitpick any quarterback in the league, including Mahomes, who everything, everybody thinks is the most talented, when he doesn't have wide receivers. And Rice made a big play yesterday, but yeah. – and an offensive line, he'll have that either. Field goal after field goal. After field goal after six yeah. field goals. Harrison yesterday. Butker. Yes. Yeah. Lamar Jackson yeah. has finally closed the MVP voting. Oh. So we can forget he's, about that. How about right. Lamar? By the way, how crazy is the AFC right now? So Buffalo loses to Miami. They could miss it out, miss out on everything. They, yeah. they might but not. They're make... the team you don't want to play in the playoffs. Don't yeah, but, that but they had they had to beat Miami first. But then again, Miami they can't beat anybody any good. Well, Vic yeah. Bangio giving up a fifty six spot for all the Eagles fans that think he's going to come in. Oh, if we only had Vic Bangio. Yeah, I saw Lamar put on that clinic yesterday. Oh my lord, I, I'm so tired of that. Uh, why is anyway. why is everybody? Try to go the big Fangio route right now when it's clearly the league is sh- has adjusted to I that just, defense. I've been talking about Jody knows how long. Two years, how long yeah. I've been talking oh, at about at least two years. Everybody catches up. Everybody catches up. Vic did a great job. I'm not he did a great job in San Francisco, did a great job in Chicago when he had Khalil Mack playing at the height of his powers and Robert Quinn getting 17 sacks and everybody else. Um did a great job. I don't know if he was there with Robert, but he did a great job. And he was a great defensive coordinator, and he was ahead of the curve, but everybody catches up. They caught up to Tony Dungy. They caught up to to, to Dan Quinn and Pete Carroll and all those guys in the cover three, the Legion of Boom. Everybody copied that. Everybody catches up to this defense, and then you got to shift, and you got to shift to something else. That's what um... – so when I was talking to Tony Roman for the Super Bowl last year, we were talking about the Eagles offense. And he goes, you know, there's like five or six different ways they can be right now. You're not going to stop that in a week or two weeks. He said, seven months? You give me seven months? I'll figure it out. But And I, I really don't think the Eagles have adjusted. Or, or they've gotten worse, quite honestly. And I know overall the decide defense wasn't what it was supposed to be. I don't think he should have been relieved of his duties, but I get it. It wasn't he didn't, they didn't reach their expectations. The thing I liked about Desai was something that John said earlier. At least he tried stuff. 
he didn't just plug in the Fangio system and everybody's got the same exact responsibility as last year. At least he tried some different stuff. Didn't always work. Sometimes blew up in his face. It might eventually cost him his gig. But at least I thought he was more inventive. Gannon just was. He went down swinging, Jody. He went he down did. He did. And I give him credit for that. Jeff Carr, we appreciate when you come in and swing with us. Thank you very much for doing it. We'll talk to you again next Monday. Happy New Year, boys. Jeff Thanks, Kerr, Jeff. Happy CBS New Year.com. All right. Um, John, I want to ask you one other question. We got uh, buddy Paul Domwich, who usually joins us each and every single Friday here on Birds 365. We weren't here on Friday, uh, the holiday weekend. We had the uh, day off. We did our preview of the game prior to on Thursday when both John McMullen and Jody McDonald picked the Eagles to beat the Cardinals. Oops. Not I good. beat them to win handily. Handily. I had them not covering. I had them winning by nine. Uh, so uh, two weeks in a row, I said, take the opposition yeah. plus the point. I, I, I get stuff wrong occasionally. Yeah. I love that. We uh, both thought the Eagles were going to win. And they although didn't. I think, I think, Jody, I said the Eagles were going to be uh, 12 and five. And if they went in a different direction, your up down game, I said they'd go down. I'm looking right. good on that. You I'm you and I were both 12 and 5. I was got to go up to 13 rather than get down to 11. You were 12 and 5 and you said, "Yeah, if I got to move, Joe, I say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. I'd probably slide back to 11 rather than up to 13. I'm looking good on that prediction. Uh, they, they, oh, God, are we going to pick the game already? They no, should well, beat the Giants. They, they, they should beat the Giants. And they're going to be 12, well, which is yeah. the number that you and I both had before the season started. So either way, I win. If, they, um, if I win, if they win, I got it right. I win if they lose. I said I'd go down. That's how I'd look at it. Yeah, good, good, good math by you there. Um, I've got one other question for you with the whole coaching staff and Sirianni's ability to judge defense from even before he was hired to where we sit right now. There's one other name I got to bring into the mix that uh, I know you and I have discussed before, but he deserves a bit of a revisit. He may be going back to the Super Bowl again this year. The Eagles might not be, but a specific coach who was here last year with the Philadelphia Eagles could be Super Bowl bound. We'll give you uh, the details, and uh, I'll get a question or two for Johnny Mack. Coming up next here on Birds 365.
Any professional sports coach will tell you there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their Fantasy Pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. You got Mac and Mac here. I'm Birds 365, McMullen and McDonald with you. Paul Domwich, our bud from uh, not only his Friday stat pack here on uh, jakesports.com, but also uh, for the 33rd team, longtime Eagle Beat guy is going to jump in in 15 minutes from now. Um, Johnny Mac, we were talking about with Jeff Kerr, the Eagles and their coaching staff, and if this thing uh, is just a rock rolling downhill that the Eagles can't get stopped and change the direction and the season ends badly. Um, there's going to be changes and what will those changes look like? The coaching staff could be part of it, even all the way to the top. Uh, there's a percentage chance that Nick Sirianni could pay for this collapse with his job. Not likely, but not impossible either. Uh, but you and I both kind of agree that other changes will happen. If that doesn't happen, Nick won't just be allowed to go, all right, restart. We'll we'll get it all together during this offseason, and we'll be good next year. There's probably going to be a price to pay, and uh, defensive side of the ball, they've already made changes by pushing the side back and giving Patricia the lead. Um, let me back it up 11 months ago. Eagles go to the Super Bowl, come up just short, we don't need to re-legislate that whole thing, but they lose the Super Bowl on the, the very last, uh, next to last play, third from last play, whatever. Um, and both coordinators go out the door. They lose their offense coordinator and their defensive coordinator. So they know they've got to replace both of those two guys. And the immediate speculation when it becomes uh, known that both of the coordinators are going elsewhere is that they'll stay in-house that they uh, off a Super Bowl loss in the final 10 seconds don't need to go outside the organization. They'll just elevate guys from a good staff 
to higher position. And everyone speculated on Brian Johnson getting the offense coordinator position. He did. And Denard Wilson was the leader in the clubhouse to get the defense coordinator position. Uh, had done a good job, was on the staff, guy with experience, made some sense. And they interviewed him, and they decided to go down the Sean Desai route. And the reporting for me, and maybe, John, you can solidify it again in my mind, was kind of splintered as to whether Denard Wilson when he didn't get the gig, said, see you later, bye, or whether Nick Sirianni said, yeah, I don't want to deal with you if I'm not going to make it a defensive coordinator. So I'm suggesting you should go elsewhere. And he goes down the turnpike to Baltimore. Like I said, he could be going to the Super Bowl for two straight years. Um, As best you know it, what happened with Denard Wilson in the interview to become the defensive coordinator and then the the parting of the ways between he and the organization. Uh with with Denard, yeah, it's strange. I, I think it was Marcus, our buddy Marcus Hayes, who brought up that he would have been willing to come back as the secondary coach. And for whatever reason, uh Nick Sirianni uh said, No, that's not gonna work. Um I have never heard that personally, so I can't confirm that. Uh I'm not you know, saying Marcus got it wrong. He might've got something I didn't get. Right. Um, it, I, I, you know, the usual, I would just say the usual modus operandi is you get disappointed and you say, uh, I want to get out of here, you know, because he felt that not only that you should have been elevated if you're Denard Wilson, but you also had some pretty, you know, high profile supporters in the Eagles locker room. Uh, who wanted Denard Wilson to become the defensive coordinator. So I always got the feeling he was just disappointed, and that's what you do when you're disappointed and you get passed over. You go looking for another job. But maybe they had crosswords. I That part of it I can't speak to. Um, but I don't see any reason if Denard Wilson wanted to stay why he wouldn't be um, – the defensive backs coach other than, you know, there was a clash of personalities. Um, so I will, I will say that um, whether, whether Denard, so the question is whether Denard was disappointed left on his own volition or whether Nick wanted him to leave that part. I can't confirm either way. They lost a really good defensive backs coach and they're not as good. And that's what happens when you, whether it's Brian Johnson replacing Shane Steichen, whether it's DK McDonald replacing Denard Wilson, I would say the Xerox copy, you know, you make the first one it's pretty good. It's not the original. And then you go down and it gets worse, progressively worse. We saw with Andy Reed, the best indication is first step 1999. It's amazing. People should take a look at it. Mm-hmm. Look at his original staff. And I got progressively worse as he lost guys. That's how it works. And it's part of the difficulty. And people saying they were going to get better when they lost because they didn't like Jonathan Cannon. Well, guess what? No, they didn't get better. They got worse. They got significantly worse, as a matter of fact. Um, With Shane, they probably didn't get better. Um, And, you know, that doesn't mean guys can't grow in their jobs, but you need them 
no pun intended with micro because that was Doug Peterson's philosophy. Mike was uh, developing nicely in his mind, but they wouldn't give him the opportunity to grow further. You know, sometimes you turn into um, a, a great coach, but yeah, anytime you lose your coordinators, it's a big deal. And you use them both and, and lose them both in, in one fell swoop and the timing issues with Gannon and the tampering made it even worse. And, you know, but I get a lot of excuse making from the Philadelphia side with with the Gannon stuff and how late it came. It's like it happens all the time. Stop using that as an excuse. The Eagles got to stop using that. I, I wrote a, a column for Sports Illustrated. It's like almost that, you know, the fan base scapegoated Gannon for the Super Bowl loss. Now the organization is saying, oh, woe was us. We lost Gannon so late. We could have had Big Fangio. They're almost scapegoating him for this season as well. It's like absurd. At some point, you got to turn the page. Mm-hmm. You're not the first Super Bowl team to get screwed by the timing. Guess what? Forget about Super Bowl. They screwed Indianapolis when they hired Nick Sirianni. That was so late in the process. You think you think the Colts were thinking about, oh, God, we got to get an offensive coordinator. He was on nobody's radar. And the Eagles came in really late and, and got Nick Sirianni from the Colts. That sucks for the Colts. Yeah, that's that's the league. You get that's picked the league. Exactly. Guys, guys come and take your guys. You go and take other teams, guys. That's part of the, the game. I certainly agree with you on that. The reason why I went to Denard Wilson was evaluating Nick Sirianni in the big picture. He's the kind of coach he is. He's the motivator. It's his offense. He's an offensive-minded guy, whatever. But part of his overall evaluation is – the Eagles gave him certainly more than the previous head coach autonomy on his coaching staff, that they were more restrictive to Doug Peterson who'd won a Super Bowl and they were dictating terms. They gave Sirianni a chance to like really put his staff together. Maybe it was because it caused the divorce between the organization and the Super Bowl winning coach that between Howie and Jeffrey, they decided maybe we got to give our head coach a little bit more latitude on this whole coaching staff thing. I don't know. They know we can just speculate on it. But Nick Sirianni, we believe that he hired Sean Desai. That when Gannon went out the door, who, yes, I trust you, John, on this one, that was a organizational hire. And Nick was cool with it because he knew Gannon was tight with Gannon and said, oh, yeah, he can be my defensive coordinator. That works for me. Um, But he has not shown for me – an ability to be a good hirer of defensive coaching talent. That if that's part of what you expect from your head coach, he's going to have a big say in putting his staff together. What on the defensive side, since Nick Sirianni got here, uh, would you say he would chalk up as a W and go, hey, that was a hire. That worked. That's good. That That's absolutely a smart move by Nick Sirianni on the hiring the defensive side front. What's his win? Well, but I, I think, you know, I think Gannon's considered a win, but... That's um, not a win. You tell the, you told us the Eagles hired him. Well, he didn't hire Gannon. Well, that's, that's the thing. I think it's overblown, the difference between Doug and Nick. I'll say the dip, here's the difference between Doug and Nick. Doug didn't care that much. 
Right. When and, he first and, started, it was like, yeah, good. good. Give me yeah. my staff. Just get, give me a list when I show up the first and, day and, who I'm and, working with. And Nick cares a little bit more. So there were, there were a group of guys, Shane Steichen, Kevin Petullo, Jason Michael. Offense, um, offense, offense. When are you going to yeah. get to a defensive guy? There, there were, well, that's, a, but I'm trying to explain. That was the guys, um, you know, that are Nick's guys that he said, I got these guys in place. These are, these are my guys. Even Jeff Stoutland was, the Eagles said, hey, you got If you remember, uh, Bruce Feldman is one of the best college football reporters there is. If you remember when Doug Peterson left, Jeff Stoutland was not happy. Jeff Stoutland was going back to Alabama. Yep. Bruce reported he was going back to Alabama. That's how close it was. And the assumption was Jeff Stoutland was going back to Alabama. And the Eagles made him the highest paid offensive line coach in the league. And I said, Nick, we got to keep this guy. And Nick's like, all right, we'll keep this guy. And he's, he's very happy that they kept him. Mm-hmm. But uh, on the defensive side, and I mentioned Gannon, it, it basically went at, and Gannon brought in Nick Rollis, who's now his defensive coordinator in Arizona. Uh, they were together in Minnesota. Um, and, and then the other guys, Jeremiah Washburn was here. Um, so there were a couple guys now, DK McDonald, he had a little bit of, of familiarity with, um, but how we would go out and find guys and then he would interview a group and then pick the, 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 um, pick who we wanted. So it depends what you think. Are they technically his guys? No, but he wants his imprint on it. So how we would find the candidates they would interview a bunch of guys and he would decide who we, who we wanted. And that's basically been the process. So it's a little bit different than when Doug was here. Doug's like, all right, you know, I'm cool with it. But then as, as Doug went further, he wasn't cool with it. And he started to get invested more and he started to get close to press Taylor, for instance. And, um, Mike Rowe, as, as I mentioned, Corey Unlin, Matt Burke, guys like that. And he started to become very loyal to them and his mentality changed. So the difference at the start is Nick always wanted to be involved, um, but he didn't handpick the defensive staff. He didn't even handpick Brian Johnson, right? how he found Brian Johnson. Right, how he found Brian. But then, um, all right, I'm going to put you in a test here, McMullen. You got to get it off the fence. You're sitting right atop the fence. The defensive staff that the Philadelphia Eagles right now is, you got to pick one side or the other. I get it. It's a collaboration. It's not 100%, but it's got to be 51-49, one side or the other. Is it Howie Roseman's defensive staff or is it Nick Sirianni's? The way that they went about putting this staff together, it's if Nick's you had to staff. take one more than the other. All right, well then, so I repeat my question. What's Sirianni's defensive staff win that was, you could say, his move, his decision above the organization putting the plate in front of him and going, here, pick one of the uh, column A, column B, column C? Well, uh, he, he doesn't have a win on the current staff. I mean, on the last staff, he had a big win with, with Jonathan Gannon. But um, obviously, Sean, I think he was too impatient with Sean Desai. Um, you know, I think 
DJ Elliott was probably uh, a last-second hire that, unfortunately, is probably going to be one and done. DK McDonald, things are not looking good. Um, yeah, they don't have a win. I guess the biggest win would be Matt Patricia, um, who I know is a good coach, and maybe you know Matt Patricia's back next year, and maybe he can do things. You can't do much in season. Um, which, which I said from day one when they made the decision, such a weird decision, Jody, such a weird decision. And then when I heard he started thinking about it at the bye week when they were, I think eight and one. I mean, what? I, 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 I don't know. Oh, I don't. Right. There's an indication have... where I've always, as you know, I always advocate CEO coaches. There's an indication where you could say. Hmm, maybe you should pay attention to the offensive side, not worry about the defensive side. I, I, I was thinking it. You were the first one to officially say it. The whole, ooh, the Eagles have been better with Matt Patricia as the defensive coordinator. You were playing two backup quarterbacks. You actually faced a starting quarterback yesterday. And what happened? The Cardinals ran the ball up and down the field against you yesterday. The whole, oh, it's gotten better since Patricia went in there. No, it hasn't. The, the, the opposition just got weaker, and you were beaten by a three-win team yesterday because of the defensive side of the ball. So the Matt Patricia here to save the day thing has gone by the board, and John McMullen told you about it before it ever happened. Don't get too excited about just because Matt Patricia took over. No, it, it isn't any better now than it was under Sean Desai. All right, McMullen and McDonald, I see Paul Domwich. He's waiting to join us. We usually talk to him on Friday. This would be a nice little change. Change of pace. Damo on a Monday here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. They're carving them up and good play calling along the way. First and goal at the six. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game. And the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Maga Mac on Birds 365 after one of the more devastating Eagle losses. Not just this year, in a couple of years. That's my opinion. We're going to get another opinion from Paul Domwich, who's got a colorful shirt on today. He almost always does. And he needs a shave. Are you not going to shave in 2024? Are you going to be look more like me by the time we get to the draft in April, Domwich? What are you going for there? It's his playoff beard. He's getting ready. That's getting right. ready. Happy New Year, Tomo. Happy New Thank Year. You. Thank you to both of you guys. Yeah, I'm not going to shave until uh, until they win another game. Oh, oh, man, you could be looking like me. Yeah, September is a long way off, Tomo. You better be careful uh. with that statement. That's funny. Good, good on you. All right, uh, here's where I want to start. Did Fletcher Cox play yesterday? I didn't notice him. Was he there? Did I just miss him on my TV it yesterday? Was Fletcher? They were on. They were on the field for so much. The defense. It was another. How did I miss Fletcher? Seventy-six. Seventy-six snaps uh, defensively, Damo, versus forty-nine offensively. Well, there have been too many of those games. It's what is going on? Where do you look at this loss? Where Where do you start? Because it could be offense. It could be defense. It could be coaching. Um, it could be all. It's obviously all, but. Boy, that's as ugly as it gets. I still don't know the Cardinals punter. I never looked it up. I didn't even need it to look it up. I don't need I, I they didn't punt. Nope. The Arizona yeah. Cardinals didn't punt. Uh it's amazing to me. I mean, I I think you've got to pin the blame most uh, a good chunk of the blame and start with the defense. I mean, they just they were just horrible yesterday against a team that they, you know, I mean Arizona took a, a page out of the uh, Washington Commanders playbook from last season when they just uh, kept the ball away from the Eagles and, and ran it and ran it, I think, 40 times in that game. Uh, you know, yesterday, Arizona had something like 32 first downs. Uh, you know, uh, they couldn't do anything and they couldn't stop the pass. I mean, Kyler Murray only had six incompletions. Uh, you know, their linebackers were just horrendous. I you know, anybody that's ever wondered why Shaq Leonard got cut yesterday was kind of a, you know, uh, an advertisement for that. I mean, you miss tackles, wrong gaps, tries to strip a ball on a player who's going into the end zone when all, you know, all, you know, try tackling them first before you uh, uh, force a fumble. Uh, you know, the Kelly Ringo, uh, it's just, it was just, uh, it was just a mess. And, and it's, you know, I mean, the, the, the job, 
in front of Howie Roseman during the offseason is monumental in uh, trying to do something with that defense because there's just so many places they need help. And, you know, they've only got so many resources. So that's where I, I mean, that, you know, you could look at the, you know, the play calling on the last drive uh, and all the other stuff, but that's, I mean, the defense just is horrible. All right. And you're kind of dipping your toe into the future, which we try and avoid doing because they got a game to go to finish the season and then a playoff. But you're right. It's staring you right in the face that there's not only issues tomorrow, but going forward with this team as well. And two of them are right in the middle of the defensive line. And they're ex-dogs. And they're guys that have gotten a lot of love in this town. That one has got 14 games under his belt in the National Football League. And the other's got a year and 14 games under his belt in the National Football League. And they've had, just for their own personal evaluation, with Davis having an extra year, as many mediocre days as they've had good days. They used first-round draft picks on both of them. And yesterday, kind of like Fletcher Cox, they were – you didn't recognize them. If they yeah. were on the field, they didn't make any plays. Uh, the, there was – the only uh, safety – the only, uh, excuse me, sack of the game was a whiff by their uh, star defensive tackle who missed the quarterback. And, and Murray just happened to fall down. I still don't know what the hell happened on that play. But that was their only sack. And if you want to give him credit for, okay, fine. Should we be nervous about the two defensive Georgia tackles who have disappeared here in the last month and a half, Damo? Absolutely. I mean, I... The one that concerns me the most, I mean, I'll give, you know, I'm not going to give Jalen Carter a a mulligan because, I mean, he needs to, they expected him to be an, you know, an impact player as a rookie. Uh, But, you know, let's just, let's just say he's hit some sort of wall here. But Jordan Davis is in his second year. He's gone from a guy you thought was an athletic freak to just another fat guy who can't stop the run and move. Uh, You know, I mean, he's, I don't even know if he was on the field on that last drive yesterday. I haven't seen the uh, – I haven't looked at the tape yet. But, I mean, you know, a guy who's your, you know, an, an all-world run stuffer, presumably, uh, and, you you know, in a game like that, he's playing, what, uh, 40 snaps, 53% of the snaps. I know he got hurt uh, at one point, but it looked like he was okay. So I don't know what the circumstances were as far as whether they didn't feel he could go back in or what, but. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that strategy of drafting, uh, you know, Georgia dogs is uh, looking like a real dog. <laughs> uh, I, I, I will say this. Jody's heard me say this a bunch of times. Maybe you have as well, Damo. I, I, I was nobody in this league today cares about the run game until it's time to care about the run game. Now we're yeah. there. It's that yeah. time of year where you got to care about it. And um, they got gashed to uh, almost, you know, they're, they're used to be the team that runs for 200 yards, not giving it up. Um, yeah. However, uh, I'll play devil's advocate. Not too up. That Trey McBride is a good player, and he's a, he's an old-school wide tight end. He's, he's like an inline guy. He's like more of a Dallas Scatter guy. He can do both. He can catch the football. He can block as well. Not a lot of guys like him around the NFL and then uh, James Conner 
is a big and Matt Patricia, to his credit, brought him up during the week. He's like, this guy's physical, big, bruising. Not a lot of teams bring that to the table. Uh, as weird as you know, Arizona doesn't have a great roster and all that kind of stuff. But you're not going to see that week in and week out with a big wide tight end helping a big punishing back. Is it just a Styles make bites type of thing? And they got caught by a big roundhouse right by a team <laughs> that has what they struggle with. No, because, you know, I wrote this two two weeks ago for Jacob Sports, uh, John. You know, I wrote back then that, you know, guess what? There's one other thing this team can't do, and that's stop the run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was, it's been coming uh, ever since teams started doing it more because they realized they could run on this team. So I'm not going to attribute one, you know, this one effort to uh, – the fact that they had a good blocking tight end. Uh, they just can't, you know, I mean, their line, their linebackers yesterday were about as horrendous as I've ever seen Nick Morrow and, and Shaq Leonard's play in their careers. Um, you know, the missed tackles, but I haven't seen the totals yet on missed tackles, but it's going to be, Lord, it's going to be extremely those young guys, man. They miss tack. They just miss tackles. Nobody yeah. can tackle coming into this league. It's absurd. I mean, Reed, Reed Blankenship, who I thought was going to be, I mean, that's the one thing I expected from him was sure tackling now tackles everybody around the waist, uh, you know, tries to swing them down. Uh, I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, none of them can tackle, I, you know, a lot of this goes back to the fact that, you know, nobody tackles anymore in, in yeah. offseason in training camp, but every team's going through that. And, yeah. And other teams aren't having this kind of uh, bad effort with their tackling. So, but it's just, it's just, it's, it's ugly to watch. I mean, I just, what can you say? And John, to answer your question, Dom will answer it. I'll answer it too. James Conner's been on the team all year. He's been on their team for a couple of years. Yeah. The defensive coordinator went out of his way to know James Conner. So, all of the Eagle defensive players knew James Conner was going to play on Sunday. Trey McBride's been there all year. It isn't like, oh, my God, this guy fell from heaven. And he's a multifaceted tight end. He's been on their team all year. He's on all the film they watched, prepping for the game. And they let him go out and do what they did. I'm cutting them no slack whatsoever because, oh, that's just what the Eagles don't do well. Well, you, that you're supposed to. This stage of the season, you're supposed to be able to stop a team that's 27th in the NFL on offense by yeah. just going out there. Excuse me, and playing your defense. I I want to go to the other side of the ball because we all know the defense stunk, and that's the main reason that they lost the game yesterday. Devontae Smith may have a significant injury. Nobody knows. In a walking boot, on crutches, at the end of the game yesterday, they're screwed. Yeah. More que the return of Quez. What the hell's going to happen if Devontae Smith can't go this upcoming Sunday and in the playoffs, Damo? Greg Ward. A oh, Greg Ward exciting. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah. Might be the bet. No, I'm not going to say the best thing that ever happened to them, but, uh, you know, he, yeah, it's especially, you know, if, if he can't play and your other wide receiver is in a funk over coaching, uh, whatever the hell is bothering him these days, uh, you know, they got, I mean, it, come on, let's face it. This is going to be a one and done team. So I think everybody, including every fan that, the most devoted Eagles fan has accepted the fact that, uh, you know, they're going to probably uh, go down to Tampa or go down to New Orleans and lose and go home. And everybody's going to start looking at uh, how the Sixers are doing. Oh, ooh. all right. If that happens, Tama, one and done, you know, you know, the, you know, the drill. 
There's going to be scapegoating. Um, Jeffrey's going to demand it. Um, I don't think it's going to be Nick Sirianni. I don't think he's going to touch the offensive staff that much. Defensively, though, he might gut that thing. Um, and we've seen it with Doug Peterson in the past. Doug grew close to certain coaches, and uh, ultimately it created a rift with the organization. Can you see the Eagles going down that same path? Well, here's the thing, though. You know, Sean Desai was the perfect hire for them. He was he was endorsed by Howie and Jeff. He was yes. Vic Fangio. He was the he was a young Vic Fangio who spent half the last season here yeah. uh, you know, as an advisor, um, and he brought that defense here. And now, you know, then suddenly it doesn't work. By the and, way, Vic's giving up 56 stinking points. Stop talking about Vic Fangio, Eagles fans. Not you, Tomo. Continue. <laughs> Excuse me. I got a bad cough. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, so they had the defense they wanted. Then it doesn't work. Then Nick's got to do something and, and, and how he's panicking. And suddenly they're making decide the scapegoat and, and, and promoting Patricia, who I've got no use for. I mean, I just, you know, I know he's a decent coach, but this isn't the place or the time for him. Uh, so they're going to, you know, they're going to have to find somebody completely new ne next year. Uh, I don't know who it's going to be. They'll find, you know, they'll find another hot guy that they, they can plug in and, and it'll probably be a guy that blitzes a lot because uh, obviously they haven't had a lot of luck. Oh, Eagles fans will love that. They'll love it. They'll exactly. love it. Maybe, maybe you get that young Wink Martindale. He seems to be button heads with Brian Dayball. Maybe they can get uh, there Wink you go. There come you down go. the turnpike. Yeah. That'll turn yeah. things around. Yeah. But there is going to be turnover. I, I mean, I, I don't know who on that defensive staff is going to survive. My guess is uh, uh, not many, not very few. So, All right. So here is a question. If I were in the locker room, I would be putting to several individuals, individually, but also as a group if you wanted to bring them together. The leaders of this team. It's got to be Nick Sirianni as the head coach. Jalen Hurts is supposed to be a leader. Jason Kelsey's supposed to be a leader on a defensive side. It's Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox, the veteran guys, the Super Bowl winners. That looked like a rudderless shift for me yesterday out at Lincoln Financial Field. Lacking yeah. leadership of those five that I mentioned. You want to put Lane Johnson in there, too? I, I, I think Lane's a more quiet leader, but I, I don't want to disrespect him and not call him a leader. But uh, my five are my five. You have faith in any of them stepping up and being able to get through to the rest of the team. And if this team just needs a wake up call or needs to get something in their own mind, you got faith in any of those five being able to pull that off and get this team righted and at least give them a chance come playoff time. You know, they're all terrific leaders, but uh, I mean, in my mind, this is a team in free fall, Jody. I don't, I don't think the greatest leader, I don't think Abraham Lincoln could come in here and, uh, and, 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 and unite this team right now. Uh, especially, I mean, you know, I can't tell you, I mean, what I, I, I'm in disbelief over what I'm seeing with, uh, with the wide receiver. I mean, you know, you can't act this way. I mean, this is why he's not in Tennessee. This is why he probably won't be here. Uh, if they can find an, another market for him after this season, you just, Jeez, you know, I mean, somebody, if somebody, if you need to get in somebody's face, somebody needs to get in his face and tell him to wise up 
but that's not going to happen. I mean, uh, you know, AJ is, is who he is and, uh, he's upset over, you know, I guess the play calling, um, you know, so yeah, like I said, I th- this is just a, a team in free fall right now. And I don't think anything can save them or anyone. Okay. Well, I appreciate the honesty there, uh, Damo. Not, I don't think you can find well, I think, like I, there, I, but I, I appreciate I, it. I think Abe Lincoln would finish behind Nick Sirianni in a list of best leaders. So oh. I'm not going to, I can't give up the, the now, <laughs> obviously I'm joking, but uh, I do think, look, maybe I'm too, it's strange when I'm optimistic, but boy, I think they could win one playoff game. I don't think they can win two, but that's because of the competition. I think they can go into Tampa Bay, New Orleans and win a game there. Um, Slay's going to be back. He's not going to be back this week because they're not going to put him on that MetLife field. But um, Zach Cunningham was close this week. He'll probably be back uh, against the Giants. It's not a cure-all. This defense stinks, but they'll be a little less stinky when they get some of these guys back. Is that enough to get them uh, one playoff win? You know, the season that this looks like, in a lot of ways is 2018. And we, we remember how that one went. Uh, you know, they, they went on the double doink in, against Chicago and then they, they're eliminated by New Orleans. So yeah, I guess something like that can happen. I mean, playing Tampa Bay or New Orleans, both of those teams are, yeah, are, are exactly. bad. So, yeah. uh, but you know, when you see what happened yesterday, you wonder, is well, they could lose to anybody. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, yeah, that part of it is true. I mean, Arizona's, that's probably the worst roster in the NFL. Maybe Carolina can make an argument, but it's probably the worst roster in the NFL. Um, they, and gave they, up, they gave up 29 points in the second half to that second team. second half. In the second half. They didn't – there were seven possessions, Damo, of, of four touchdowns, two field goals, and the a Sidney Brown pick six, which would have been a scoring drive. The, the, yeah. the receiver ran the wrong route. Even yeah. if he didn't catch the ball, if he ran the right route, probably turns into a field goal. Um, it, it was so bad. I've, I've never seen – I don't even know what they were trying to accomplish defensively. Yeah. Usually you figure out, all right, what what are they trying to do? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It, it truly was a, a pathetic um, – Defensive game plan. I is it just that they thought they would roll over? I was surprised Jonathan, Jonathan Gannon wasn't sacrificed at midfield uh, pregame. Did they just think they were going to roll over this team because the fan base was going to be that rabid in their hatred for the former defensive coordinator? Why do you think they came out with no juice? You know, I I think they just thought they were that much better than Arizona. That all they had, they had to do is follow, you know follow the game plan and and do what they're you know. I mean, Jalen had a hell of a game. You look at his numbers. Uh, you know, three touchdown passes. Uh, but you know, they, they should have known something was going to go wrong when he when they actually got stopped on a tush push for just the third time this season. Uh, so you know, it just. I mean, I don't think even they are willing to comprehend yet how bad this defense is, is and has been. Uh, I mean, it can't stop anyone. Uh, and maybe, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe getting Zach Cunningham, you know, I, I, I don't see Zach Cunningham as, as a savior. 
I don't see Darius no. Slay as the savior. I mean, maybe they patch it up enough. I mean, maybe Darius Slay doesn't get suckered in on an inside route like Kelly Ringo did yesterday on that five-yard touchdown pass that he gave up, which, you know, that's a you know, there used to be a time when people went right directly to the to the waiver wire when they give up <laughs> stupid touchdowns like that. Uh, you know, but he'll be starting next week. Yeah. Right. Wow. Somebody's got to start. Reggie White's not coming through that door this week for the Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles. Not happening. All right, Damo, uh, for uh, jacobsports.com, you uh, do Eagle stuff. But for 3013, you cover the league uh, in total. So I want your opinion on this because you mentioned A.J. Brown earlier. And John said earlier in the show he thinks A.J.'s having a tough time with social media, that there are people that are pointing out A.J. being a baby, blah, 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 and he's not dealing with it well. I would say more shame on AJ than anything else. You just get off the phone. Just put it down. Don't pick it up. Don't listen to it. Don't let it affect you. I know it can be difficult for some people, but that's kind of what they're paying you $10 million for is to be able to get past that. 25 million. That's good. 10 plus. And tens of millions is what I meant to say. Um, I got just uh, crushed yesterday on social media because of something I said on CBS Sports Radio. The Lions-Cowboys play, the two-point conversion that disappeared because of a penalty. Um, I put 98% of the blame on the referee who misidentified the player who came in and reported to be an eligible receiver. Great Brad Allen, by the way. Yeah, Brad Allen just got awful. Um, That's Phil Luckett territory, Dama. (laughs) <laughs> but I did not would put 100% of the blame on him. I put 2% of the blame on the Lions because I thought they tried to get cute. Oh, they tried did. and fake the, the Dallas Cowboys as to who is going to be the eligible receiver by having three offensive linemen out of the huddle over near the referee. And they were trying to dupe the Dallas Cowboys. They duped the dope ref. And shame on the ref for that. But I pointed yeah. out that I thought that they just by the way to be too cool for school. Let, let me interject here, Jody. I I give them 25 percent <laughs> blame. So if you got killed for that, that's wrong. I got killed for two percent. He, he got that he got, the great life. What are you talking about? The ref screwed us. We got screwed. Oh, I got crushed yesterday. On no, media. Ben Johnson got too cute. I believe that as well, Damo. Your thoughts? Yeah, you. I don't. And by the way, Skipper's the one who kept coming in and during the game as an eligible receiver. So dope Brad Allen, as Jody correctly points out, goes, well, it's got to be Skipper again. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's, yes, the majority is far on the official, but yeah. yeah, he tried to get too cute. I agree. I agree 100%. You? Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Cause uh, at this point, you know, I mean, we've seen enough inexcusable calls by the officials to realize you can't count on them for anything. Oh, yeah. I mean, the the o- offensive offsides that have been called on, on the Eagles on some of those tush pushes because they mistook, uh, you know, Jason Kelsey's arm for uh, Landon Dickerson's. Dickerson, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you pretty much got to uh, – you just got to take the approach that you're dealing with stupid here and, uh, and and take it, you know, take that approach. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, the 2%. You're being nice, Jody. I, nice. Uh, no, I got crushed by the Detroit uh, faithful. And the other ones I got crushed by 
where, and I did a show on WIP on Saturday, Ruben Frank, go birds. I actually said the whole, you got a root for the Cowboys thing was a mistake. I said, no, I'm going to kind of root for the lions. Cause I'm not sure the Eagles are winning their last two games. I'd like to see the Cowboys take another L. I'd rather see them lose a home game. So the whole let's root for the Cowboys against our human nature turned out to be exactly right. No, you needed the Cowboys to lose that game. I, I, I uh, Didn't you want to see the 19 straight years of the division winner go by the board, Damo? That was the number one priority for me this weekend. How about you? Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, I kind of like that actually. I mean, that's crazy. That's a crazy stat that it's been that long, no back to back. That's that's a hell of a (laughs) that's that defines parity. That's what this league is about. Now the Chiefs won, I think their ninth straight division title. That's no fun. I that's Mm -hmm. no fun. I like it. I like a little upheaval. I'm on the opposite end of that spectrum. Unless you're a Chiefs fan. All right, Damo. Uh, we'll get you back on again on Friday. We'll be looking forward to the stat pack. A dual weekly appearance for Paul Domwich. He will not be shaved. We'll see. Yeah, that, that gives you reason to tune in on I Friday. Think he was joking. See if I think he's a man of his word. And I, he's uh, almost full-blown beard by the he's time. Gonna be, he's going to be Tom Friday. Hanks and Castaway by September. Yeah, no. he's. Uh, I think he was joking. I think he's shaving as soon as he gets off with us. <laughs> I think Mrs. Domwich may have a say in this one. Kind of like who's going to decide about the Eagles defensive staff, uh, Nick Sirianni and or Jeffrey Lorian or Howie Roseman is Damo. And then there's Mrs. Domwich. So we'll, we'll see if he's got a beard next week. Damo. Thanks brother. Always a pleasure. Happy new year, Bill. You too. guys. Thanks, Tom. Check him out at jacobsports.com. Uh, yes. Uh, his right now you go back. I do this every once in a while. Do you do this? Go back and check something out after the fact you have to do it it's your job when when you're writing you have to at least part of your opinion has got to make its way into what you're doing as to what is going to happen in the future do you do that for yourself or anybody else go back after the fact and go wow that was great wow that was right i'm holy mac was he wrong about that oh sure I yeah. cringe at some of the things, you know, I always, you know, yesterday I was talking to JG um, and I called James Connor John for some reason. And I cringe about that. And I'm like, Jesus, what am I doing? Because uh, I was talking to John Gannon. I had John in my head. And uh, so even that little mistake uh, bothers me. So, yeah, I always do that. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you can go back and check Damo's uh, stat pack from this past week. Let's see. I'm guessing he was wrong. I remember reading it on Friday. I haven't looked at it today. Uh, I know I was wrong. Uh, John was wrong. We all thought the Eagles were going to win this week. Uh, not not the case after coming up with a very small effort against the Arizona Cardinals. So what does it mean for the rest of this year, into the playoffs, into next year? Oh, that's why you listen to Birds 365. We'll come back. We'll put a bow on the show for you on this New Year's Day edition of Birds 365.
any professional sports coach will tell you, there's no substitution for preparation. At Malamut & Associates, that is a tenet by which we live. We prepare from day one for victory. Anything less is not acceptable. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go birds! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go Bird! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go Birds. Underdog Fantasy has a way for you to play alongside your favorite football team all season long with their fantasy pick'em game. You pick between two to five players, select whether they'll go higher or lower on one of their stats, then do what you usually do on a Sunday. Watch the games. You can win up to 20 times your money in a single game by going five for five. It's a fantasy game, and the sports betting show wants you to get involved. Go to underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use the promo code WIN, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com. Use the promo code WIN. been a lot of shots fired across the bow here today on birds 365 some of it at ourselves because both john and i thought the eagles were going to beat the cardinals this past week and at the defense at the coaching staff at the players at everybody let me take one more shot at howie roseman and yeah i'll try not to hurt myself patting myself on the back here um russell douglas pick six to the house yesterday he's got four interceptions since he joined the Buffalo Bills, the Eagles do not have a player on the team that has three interceptions. Uh, Reed Blankenship and Slay lead the team with two apiece. Uh, you can say what you want about the Eagles' safety play, and they needed to go out and get a Kevin Bayard. I'll tell you they needed a cornerback more than they needed a, uh, a change out at safety. And Russell was out there to be had for basically the price of a fourth-round pick and they didn't bring him back. That's a swing and a miss for Howie Roseman. Sorry, Howie, you just, you missed out. Uh, you decided to address safety rather than corner, and knowing the Maddox was going to be out for as long as he was, and the abominations that they tried to force feed into the slot corner position have blown up in the Eagles' face. That one's on Howie. He did a lot of moving and shaking, and he is a great Overall executive, he has his moments, he has his uptimes and his downtimes, but he did not solve the slot corner position for the Philadelphia Eagles this year, and he needed to. So that's on the GM as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, we've talked. I'm I'm not going to kill him on that one. I, I think, you know, Rasul's an outside corner. He's played in the slot. I didn't think they were looking for an outside corner. Now it turns out, remember at the time, Slade wasn't hurt. Um 
And, you know, we didn't think James Bradbury was going to continue down this path. So it hasn't worked out well. But, you know, I say all situations are different. He's doing a great job in, in Buffalo. Did a great job in Green Bay as well. Um, I think, you know, I think he would have been a perfect fit if the Eagles would have waited um, and and hung out. Maybe not, though, because he had developed. Um, we were talking about A.J. Brown. And different, you know, Rasul was one of the nicest, um, just most engaging young rookies I've ever met. And by the time he left Philadelphia, he was angry and wanted had wanted out. So, you know, part of it could be just that as well. Um, I'm not going to kill him on that. To me, it seemed like safety was the much bigger need at the time. Um, you know, slot, yeah, slot. It's different to me, but he's not a slot corner. So I, well, you, know, yeah, but you and I have gone down this road again. We're going down it again. Who did they put at slot corner, John? Well, when Maddox went down. Who's played slot corner? Yeah, so but, are you telling me that Russell Douglas is a not perfect player? He's played plenty of slot corner in his life. His you put him slot or outside, which is he better at? Probably slightly better at outside. I'll give you that. But uh, pushing him to slot corner is worse than what they did. Really? You can't. Well, I mean, there, they use, you? they, yeah, because they use, you know, he's played, uh, all right, 912 reps. That's pretty significant sample size this year, this year on, on two teams, 859 outside of the 912. So, you know, I mean, it, it's it, where they needed a safety more than they needed an outside corner. Did they need a slot corner? Um, yeah, probably it didn't work out. They ultimately got Bradley Roby. Um, what has Bradley and, Roby done for this team? No, but it, it's just not a bit is what I'm saying. Every situation is not the same. He's playing outside corner in Buffalo. He wouldn't be playing up. Now, if you want to bench, if you want to go down that route and say you're no, going to bench that, that's Bradbury. That's not fair because you didn't know that Bradbury was going to fall. Oh, exactly. You didn't know Slave was going to get hurt. Yeah. I'd be playing in slot corner. Because he's better than the guys the Eagles have played at slot corner. He might not be perfect at it, but he would have been an upgrade of what they ended up playing at slot corner until Levante Maddox came back. Well, he yeah. probably would have been an upgrade, but uh, they they had a bigger need at, at safety at the time. And I can't, you know, I can't kill them for saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to go out and get an outside corner to play in the slot. They were trying to do that here uh, and it didn't work out. Uh, to a to a to a ridiculous degree, and why they keep doing it? By the way, they tried a safety in the slot. They tried seven different bodies right. in so the that, slot. That's what it comes down to for me. If you were going to play Brown, and Brown was going to become a full time player, and they seemed to want to slow play that, but then all of a sudden they got him in there. Would you rather have him at safety and go get yourself a Rasul Douglas? To try and put a square peg in a round hole at uh, slot corner. You can't have. You can't have. You'd everything. rather have uh, go get Kevin Byard and bring in Brown and try and play him at slot corner. Yeah, but I think you're looking at the success uh, Rasul has had. Rasul has been a better outside corner in Buffalo than Kevin Byard has been a safety in Philadelphia, and I think you're looking at that and conflating it and saying Rasul would have been a better slot corner in Philadelphia. 
than Kevin Byer to safety in Philadelphia. That's, that part that's of exactly it, what I'm saying. That part of it, I don't necessarily agree with it. So that's the disconnect. That can't you can't look at the success he had a different position and a different defense. By the way, remember he's playing in this shitty defense. He ain't playing in Buffalo's defense. He's playing with all the miscommunication here and all that around him surrounded. He's not, so you can't just pluck somebody out of one situation that's going well and plucking him into another situation, which is by the way, is not going well and at a different position and assume he's going to have the same kind of success is all I'm trying to say. Uh, uh, not the same kind, but more success than the addition that Byard has made here in Philadelphia. Yeah. I, you know, even though it's quasi out of position, I, I will assume that he would have been much better than what the Eagles had at slot corner while Maddox was out. And Oh, by the way, Maddox, didn't play all that well Might yesterday. Be out again. We, we we thought that that was going to be a panacea for the oh, Eagles. That's a big. Uh, that's a big week two to week seventeen. I mean, that's that's a big uh, a whole lot of downtime, yeah. and uh, it didn't quite look ready to jump back in. All right, we'll jump back in tomorrow, twenty two hours from now. McMullen, you're good. Uh yeah, day to day, but always, I'm, I plan on it. Show number two of the year, but show number 288 of Birds 365 will come your way tomorrow. Right back here, same bat time, same bat channel in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.